Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. If you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, exercise, medications, and surgery. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and and consult consult your doctors. doctors. Guys, we all need our vitamins after surgery, regardless of what you think. Yes. It's a must. Yes. So why not choose the easiest and the best tasting in the community? Seriously, it's ProCare, guys. ProCare is so delicious. I use their chewable for over a year. That's how I know. Yes. And I love their capsules. Yes. Love them. They're once a day. I take them at night. Yes. The calcium chews. mm, They have mocktail ones. So go over to ProCareNow.com and use our code OSLP to save some money. Guys, how do you get better prepared for your weight loss journey? Duh, by getting all the guesswork out of your portion control. And Uba does that for you. They make portion control products like plates, bowls, portion containers, and even flatware. And they're porcelain, which means that they are oven, dishwasher, and microwave safe. No plastic. Yeah. So go get your Uba containers now. My goodness. So you can either go to our link in our bio or you can just go over to their website. It is ubahome.co and that is ubahome.co and use OSLP for a discount. Are you feeling lost, alone, maybe a little unsupported in your bariatric journey? Well, if you are, we have a great resource for you. It's called the Tribe Membership, and they have support groups every single day with experts in their field who also had bariatric surgery. Comes with journal prompts, workouts, and recipes, you name it. They got it. You'll never feel alone again once you join the tribe. Now go over to thesleevedietitian.com and use code welcome, welcome back, OSLP family. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to our Sleeve Life podcast, and this is Kelly. This is Maha. And um, you guys, once again, I am sick. So if I sound a little funny, that is the reason. Um, story of your life. Story of my life. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm always sick. So uh, we want to talk a little bit about. The you just award be you. What, award shoe? Award show? Did you say award shoe? Yeah, I did. I Are did. we giving away shoes? I mean, it could be a part of it. I I'm, mean, like, I guess shoe I mean, companies. I, I love shoes. Up. So <laughs> there's shoes. that. Um, I didn't realize that I was a big <laughs> shoe fanatic until I moved this last time. And all my shoes don't fit in a normal closet. And then um, I realized, oh, I like shoes a lot. Just as much actually. as your purses? Yeah. Ah, yeah, pretty cool. much. So added benefit for everybody that wanted to know about my shoe <laughs> habits. Uh, but ridiculous. the uh, JBY is happening in September on September 30th yes. in Washington, D.C. We're How so exciting. excited. I'm so at the I'm Howard so Theater, yes. which we were so impressed with. Yes. Like a bunch of people have gone through there. Some of my inspirations have gone through yes. there. I can't yes. believe it. Aretha I, Franklin has been there. Yeah. Like, so we are going to be up on that stage. I may or may not have gotten in trouble for already going on stage. Yeah, she did because they were setting up and they said, don't go on stage. And then who, what does Mel do? Goes on stage, you know, the one rule they give us. I wasn't in earshot. Well, I did ask them. I was like, okay, what are the rules? What can we not do? And she goes, as long as you are not spray painting the wall, I don't give a fuck what you do. And I was like, you are our place. Okay, we're going to do this. So So, um, we are going to be doing that in September and I'm, I cannot wait. Yeah. It's September 30th, guys. Mm-hmm. You want to go to jbyawards.com yep. and you want to pick um your, 
your ticket ones because we actually have different types of tickets that yes, you can we buy. Yes, we do. We do. Because one of them is the premier balcony seating. And you want that one. You want that one because you get table service. Yes. During the whole show. Yeah. You don't have to get up. Don't have to move. There's they have a, a QR code. Yep, you just scan it with your phone. upstairs yep. with waitresses, waiters yep. to come to you. Yes. The yeah. only thing about the booths, though, is you have to buy them in groups of four or six. Correct. Because they are... Uh, this assigned seating, I guess. Yeah, it's assigned seating. Yeah. It's group seating. So get your your bariatric group together. Mm-hmm. Get one of those tables because you will definitely want those. There are booths downstairs that do not have uh, table service. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind when you're reading what come with, comes with each level. Yes. And know that all levels. So this is what's cool and new about this year. Mm-hmm. So not only are you going to get, you know, our lovely faces yeah. and celebration of everything and awards, you're also going to get food, liquor, dance floor. You're going to get a DJ and you're going to get a photo booth. Yes. So we got it. You don't have to worry about it. We got all your feedback. We listened. Yes. And now you have a, a level up. Yes. So now after the show, mm-hmm. the Howard team will remove all the seats mm-hmm. and then we get to go back in and dance on the dance floor, have a DJ party, right. shake um, our little It's going to be off. catered. So we are going to have food for everybody as a late night snack. And we do not have to leave the building until 1 a.m. Yeah. So this is a huge party. You do not want to miss it. You want to go get your ticket, like Mel said, at jbyawards.com. Yeah. And uh, the, actually, the whole weekend is going to be a celebration. It's jam packed. We got some yep. free things you can do. So, like yep. on Thursday, when you come into DC, mm-hmm. we're going to be at the Eaton Hotel doing a live podcast from the hotel mm-hmm. for free. Anybody can come hang out because yep. the Eaton Hotel is fucking awesome. Yeah. And they have a library. So that's where everybody's going to hang out and they're going to pump our lovely voices into the library. I know. So you don't miss anything. They literally have a recording studio. When we walked up, yes. there was a recording studio. I was like, oh, my God, it's my like, jam. This is our hotel. We're taking this. Sold. So, uh, yeah, there is a lot of fun. We have more things fun things planned yeah. that we will kind of release a little bit later on. Uh, but just know you want to, you, you want to be, be in DC for that weekend. Yeah. And we really want you to become one of our patrons. So our benchies. Um, Cause patrons is they get special perks and anybody that's $7 tier higher gets the best perks. And those are our benchies. Yes. Because on Sunday after the show, you're going to get a free brunch and we call it benchy, the benchy brunch. brunch and it's on the rooftop of Eaton. Yes. So, but you can't Very go cool. unless you Very are cool. a Benchy. Yeah. So go to patreon.com forward slash OSLP, sign up now, and then you get all the perks that come with Plus, it. Plus, there is a discount code for your tickets yes, if you are a Benchy. Oh, yeah. So, we treat our Benchies well. We do. Yeah. We do. We appreciate them so much. So we are going to, so that lots of fun for that weekend. Yeah. Um, if you want to be a Benchy, make sure to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP mm-hmm. and sign up for the $7 higher tier. You get the discount code. You get the Benchy brunch. Plus, you get a support group that is like amazing. Amazing. We have over 200 people in that support group. Mm-hmm. And there's men, men, men women. women. The age ranges are like 20 to like 60. Yep. Like we got it. So yep. come hang out with us. Whatever you need. Mm-hmm. You, we've got it. Oh, and I forgot to say we have live streaming this year. Yeah. So if you can't make it in person, don't worry. We're going to live stream it mm-hmm. and it's going to be through our website, jbyawards.com yep. and, and through YouTube. YouTube. So you want to make sure that you're clicking that bell and that subscribe button so you get notified when videos like this one drops. Yeah, because you get one every Tuesday. You are a week behind from our patrons, because yes. of course, because patrons get everything first. Yes. But we do have an episode that drops every Tuesday and we have lots of fun things that go on over there. So like she said, 
go to YouTube. It's already on your phone. Preload. Plug us in. Hit subscribe, hit the bell, and you're going to get all the perks. Because then you would know we have a guest today. Yes. He's already here waiting very patiently to hang out with us. So we would like to introduce him. Yes. If you are... (laughs) This is what happens when I'm sick. My brain goes like (laughs) five different directions at once. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Can you tell us how to pronounce your name? Because I want to make sure everybody has it right. Yeah, sure. It's Raheel Siddiqui. Okay. I was going to say Raheel and I just yeah. didn't. I don't like to butcher it. So now <laughs> everybody know. knows. I mean, I yeah, can't yeah. say spaghetti sometimes, right? So you cannot, or library. <laughs> yeah. Saul, drawl. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem for her. So, well, thank you so much for being on. We cannot wait to hear your story. Um, where did your weight problem kind of start? Sure. So uh, thank you guys for having me. Very yeah. excited to be here. So first off, I wanted to say thank you guys so much. So yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, pretty much um, my entire life. So I've been obese, overweight my entire life since birth. I was an overweight baby. Oh. And uh, up until elementary school, middle school, high school, college, post-college, and, you know, the weight just kept piling on. Mm. Um, I think the ignorance of, you know, myself personally, um, I think I was just eating away. And I think when you're young and in that space, especially when you're getting into, you know, early teenage years, Mm -hmm. teenage years, early twenties, college, Mm -hmm. I think you have this complex of, Oh, okay, well, I'm young. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, nobody thinks about the long-term complications Mm -hmm. of it, right. About your health, especially too, at least for me personally. So I just didn't really think of it as a big deal. I was like, okay, I'm just a really big overweight, funny guy that everybody has for their laughs. And I have a big personality. I'm a big guy. I played high school football. Um, you know, so anytime I would link up with friends and family members, it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I was just kind of like, I mean, you know, literally the the elephant in the room, you know, mm-hmm. I was the fat, loud, white guy, um, you know, that would come on in there and make everybody laugh. And then yep. I think, you know, a lot of it just started to change when over time, I wasn't the guy that they were laughing with. I was the guy that they were laughing at. Mm-hmm. And I think those little subliminal messages were mm-hmm. trying to creep up in my brain, but I felt like it was in one ear and out the other. And, you know, I kind of was just kind of taking it for face value. I was like, okay, well, you know what? It is what it is. I mean, like I am, I am overweight and I am loud and I am, you know, that guy, that friend, that family member that they have around to tell those jokes because that's kind of like the stigma, especially growing up, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the, you know, especially I'm an 82 baby, but nineties baby as a kid growing up. So you see a lot of famous celebrities, they were overweight funny guys yeah. right like the john candies like the you know chris farley's like the kevin james's i mean you know they they brought laughter to the screen so that was kind of like the the bucket that pool i was kind of put in but i think over time what really hit me was i got to 27 years old and it was january 2010 and i think this is when it really got for real i had tipped the scale at 405 pounds and wow. my father at that time he was a healthcare professional he was a pharmacist so he was just very concerned with my way. I think one day he just looked at me and was like, man, like, you know, like what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think I didn't even realize that again, you know, just the ignorance of just being young and oblivious mm-hmm. and just not really caring. Mm-hmm. But he was like, no, man, we got to go to the doctor to get you checked out. So I'll never forget this story. I mean, if anybody who knows me knows this story to the T, so I'm really glad that I can share this with you guys yeah. and everybody else. But, you know, so he made an appointment with the doctor. He was like, we need to go get your blood work done. I need to see what's going on here. So got the blood work done. A few days later, went to the doctor's office to go get the results. And again, I, I'll never forget this story. Went to the doctor's office. 
My father and I are sitting there. The doctor walks out, has a folder in his hand with my results, looks at the folder, opens the folder, looks at my results, closes the folder, throws it on the counter. And he says, looks up right at my father and I and says, it doesn't matter what these results say. Your son will be dead by the time he's 40 if he doesn't change his ways anyways. Whoa. And that's Whoa. it. The room was like so silent. You can hear a pin drop, like, uh, bing, you know, I never even knew my results, never knew my scores, nothing. He was like, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's like, what are you even doing here? He's like, you don't care. So, you know, you'll be dead anyway. So, wow. I mean, yeah. And that first Whoa. thing I thought to myself was, man, five-star bedside man or doc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you Huck. know, but, um, but yeah, no, it was just, it was just really kind of like a shock. And then I think, my father and him maybe talked for a few minutes, um, you know, just about, okay, like, is there anything we can do? And they kind of talked to the side a little bit and then we just left. I mean, it was probably like the fastest visit I had in my life, maybe not even 10 minutes tops. Wow. And I remember driving home. I was driving. My father was in the passenger seat, cold, cloudy day in January. I'll never forget it. About midway through, he's like, hey, I need you to pull the car over. I said, why? He's like, just pull over, pull over. I need to talk to you. I was like, okay pulled over to the side and he was like, yeah, what's up? I, I asked him, I was like, yeah, dad, what's going on? He's like, listen, you know, I'm running out of time here. Um, Cause he was battling his own health issues at that time. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm running out of time right now. I need you to take this seriously. You know, you're 27 years old. You're my youngest son. He said, flat out, I'm not going to be there to see you get married. I'm not going to see, I'm not going to be there to see you have kids. I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm not going to see any of my grandkids. I'm running out of time, but he was like, you're my youngest son. And he was like, I do not want to see my youngest son in this type of shape, especially with time running out. And at that time, I thought, you know, I'm a father now. And I was like, like typical kids, when their parents are talking, you're like, man, you're talking crazy. Like, mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And he was like, no, like, he made me be quiet. He's like, listen to me, we are not leaving this car. We're not going back home until you promise me you're going to take care of this. You, you have to promise me, promise me. So I looked at him and I've never seen him with that much intensity, yeah. that much fear, that much stress, like. And that's really hard for a father to tell his son that you're running out of time. You're not even going to be here to be here for his wedding, for his mm-hmm. kids, for his, you know, for his life. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of in shock. And I was like, okay, I promise. I promise. So I did promise him. I did drive home that day. And, you know, just like life, man, I mean, I tried and I failed. I would go to the local school, you know, um, you know, at the college that I went to, I go to their track. I tried, failed, tried, failed. And then later on that March, um, what happened was my father had an issue with his liver where he would leak water and fluid and it would build up all over his entire body. So eventually wow. he wouldn't need a transplant. So the problem was that was like his first real procedure. It was right around the end of March that year in January 10. And I'll never forget it. I asked the doctor, I was like, hey, can I go see him? Because I took my father to the you know the hospital that day. He's like, yeah. And I go to the back to see him. And, you know, he's still, you know, literally about to wake up from his sleep. And it's funny because he had the procedure done, not me. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there asking him, hey, are you okay? Um, do you need any water? Do you need any anything? And he looks dead at me and he says, you know, what are you waiting for? You know, like, mm-hmm. like look at me. I'm in mm-hmm. this bed right now. I told you I was running out of time a few months ago. Like, what what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so surreal looking back at it now. I'm like, man, it's like he just saw something through the guy on the outside. He yeah. just saw something. It was something inside of me the guy that I am now that he saw. And it's like, and I, and I sound crazy, but it's so true. It's like, he literally saw something in me, man. He was like, there's something that's holding me back. And I don't know what else I can do. Like I'm literally in my bed, like pretty much my deathbed right now. We're, we're running out of time. I'm running out of time. Like you have to do something. 
So I really felt like, you know, my back was to the wall and, and like, you know, death was like coming like right against me, like yeah. pressing against me. So I was like, man. So then I joined the local gym by my, by my house. A couple of friends of mine were joining the, you know, local gym by the house. And luckily I hit them up and I was like, Hey man, can you mind if I join too? And they're like, yeah. And the timing was great. You know, uh, separate from the story. They didn't even, they didn't even know about this stuff from my dad. Mm. I was like, yeah. So I was like, I'll join. And then I'll never forget it. They had a class called team weight loss class at the gym. Uh, you have to sign up for it separately. And it was for people like me, you know, people who just didn't work out, just didn't do anything except eat really bad and didn't have any exercise habits, severely overweight people that want to get going. So I joined that class um, and I'll never forget it. It was the first day of class. I walk up and the gym um, was upstairs, meaning that, you, you know, the entrance was on the lower level, but yeah. the weights and the class and the treadmill were on the higher level. Yeah. So I, yeah, I walked up two flights of stairs sucking wind and i'll never forget it the trainer was like okay everybody's here in class okay great so before we begin everybody needs to go on the scale one by one and you have to announce your weight to the entire class whoa and then, like, yeah and i was like <laughs> i was like oh my god yeah i know and i was like and i begged her i was like melissa please i was like look i'll do anything just don't make me do this man don't make me do this and she was like i promise you she's like when, when you get to the other side she was like you're going to appreciate it a lot more. She was like, I know it's going to hurt and it's going to suck right mm -hmm. now, but I promise you it's going to feel a lot better. So when it's over, you know, when yeah. my journey is, yeah. and I was like, and I was like, uh, yeah, that's great, but I still don't want to do it. Yes. I know. My brother <laughs> yeah. made me do that too at the gym. I was like, right, don't right, make right. me do it. Yeah. But you, but I mean, you have to face day. it. Oh, I face it and cried immediately. Yep. We found a company that was founded by a bariatric surgeon for his patients. He is just trying to make their lives easier. And so they have created a whole array of snacks and dinners and just all the foods you could possibly want that have protein in them and are delicious. Yeah. And they're so freaking good that we took them on tour with us because we tried them on a live. So you guys can always go back and watch that. Mm -hmm. And we liked every single bar. We so were shocked. We don't want you guys to miss out. So go over to berrylife.com, use OSLP and get your discount. While we were in Florida, we got to visit one of our favorite bariatric surgeons, Dr. Donald Fridley at Surgical Associates of Bayonet Point. They tailor make all their plans to the unique needs of each patient. They have this cool thing there. It's an in-body scanner and you get to do it pre-op and post-op. So that way you can see all the differences and all the changes that happen. And he's also one of the surgeons that does his surgery with robotics. And we got to play with that. We too. did. So we were, so cool. we were so excited and we want you to have such a special care that they give. So go over to sabpweightloss.com right now or give their office a call at 727 819 9107. That's right. So, and tell them that the OSLP girl sent you and they're going to take great care of you. Right. So, everybody went up there. Then it was my turn to go up there. I was like, I'm Raheel Siddiqui and I weigh 405 pounds. And everybody looked at me and then here you go, you know, the whispers and the, and the jib jab and just like the, you know, feeling bad, right? Mm -hmm. The pity of, oh my God, you know. And, it, mm -hmm. and it's funny, man, for a guy who's just been through so much in his life of, you know, being body shamed and being a victim of bullying and, mm -hmm going through just everything. I think all of them, my father, it all just hit me at once, you know, like it just all came full circle to me. Like, Oh my God, you know, like this is real life, man. Like this isn't a game, like this is serious and mm. I have to do something like, you know, per what my father said, I have to finally do something from a guy that was told that, you know, I was too fat 
for everything, you know, mm-hmm. from telling me when I was a kid at nine years old, telling me that I remember I went to a friend's party and the aunt who was hosting the dinner, she took my plate from me and she was like, you're too fat. You need to go back out and keep playing. I was nine Whoa. years old, man. You know, I was nine years old, you know, I was a kid, you know, and like wow. going from that to, you know, hey, do you want to take your shirt off? Oh, he doesn't want to take his shirt off. I mean, he doesn't want to show, he doesn't want to flash us. He doesn't want to show his, his chest, his cleavage, you know, and I got all those jokes too. So it's like all of that just kind of building up, building up, building up. And then to my father getting ill, to me coming here full circle on the gym, I just think I've just been through a lot at yeah. this point in my life. So, a lot you know, of and I feel like life was telling sure. me something, you know, life was telling me something, man, it's, it's time, you know, I think it's like in that moment I knew. So then I started class three days a week. It was the class was three days a week. So I went three days a week and I lost about like five pounds. I was like, okay. Cause we did weekly weigh-ins and I was like, okay. And I, and I just did the class. I didn't even go. And I was a member. I was a member at the gym. I didn't go any other day. I just did the class. And I was like, you know what, what if I just go every single day to the gym? Mm. You know, let me, let, let's just see. And just to walk on the treadmill, I'm 405 pounds. I can't, I'm not, I'm not squatting 500. No, right. I'm, not coming, right. I'm, doing like, I'm not coming out and doing like fours, like center core workout. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, so let me just see if I can, you know, walk on the treadmill and just get some activity, get some blood flow, get some movement for a guy yeah. who wasn't, you know, I played high school football, but again, I was 27 at that time. We're going 10 years prior to that. But other than that, and I play pickup ball with my friends here and there, but no real consistent activity. Right. Is, that's kind of what you need in a, in a type of journey like this. You so do. I went every single day that one whole week from Sunday to Saturday. And I'll never forget it. I did the weigh in the next day and I actually ended up losing 20 pounds that second week. Whoa. And I think when they told me that, when my trainer told me that, I think that that's when it all just kind of clicked. Like the bulb just hit like, wow, you know what, man, I can do this. You know yeah. what I mean? It was kind of like, and I always tell people this too, when they ask me, I'm like, listen, man, the hardest step is the first step. I'm yeah. like, if you can have the courage to take that first step, I promise you everything else, it's still going to be very hard, mm-hmm. but it will be much easier than to actually have the courage to take that first step. Yeah. You know? So then after that, man, I mean, the beast was just out. I mean, I was just addicted to it. And then I'll never forget it. A couple months went by. I was probably down about 40 or 45, maybe 50-ish pounds. So, you know, cutting some good weight there. Yeah. But I think hit a plateau. You know, I think mentally I was drained. Physically I was drained. Because you got to remember, number one, we're human. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we forget that, you know what, it's life, man. We're human. We're not perfect. No matter what your journey is, no matter what successes and failures you have in life, man, you're human. Not everything is going to be perfect. So mm-hmm. I was just having a really like lag, like lull type, man, I'm just hitting the wall right now. You know, like no motivation. I'm tired. I just want to eat, like mm-hmm. just exhausted. So I remember sitting in the sauna one day and this big dude comes in, just jacked out of his mind. I mean, he looked like the rock and like, he kind of looked at me like, why is this guy looking at me? And I started cracking up and I was like, Hey man, can I talk to you? And uh, he's like, yeah, sure. I was like, Hey man, like, if you don't mind me asking, I was like, Hey man, how do I get to like your type of physique? And then he started laughing. Cause I was like, dude, you're like really jacked. And I'm just kind of starting my transition. So I would like to get some tips like from a guy like you. So he was like, well, what are your goals right now? Where are you at? So the first thing that I said, I was like, well, man, I lost about, you know, 40 or some pounds and I have another hundred and some pounds to go. And, and, and he just cut me off. He's like, stop. He's like, right there, just stop. I was like, excuse me. He was like, that's the problem right there. He was like, look, don't tell me that you have these big insurmountable goals. He was like, you're exhausted. You're tired. You're not feeling great because you're setting these high expectations on yourself. And that's how it's so easy to be defeated. He was like, this is what I want you to do. He was like, what's your weight right now? And I think at that time I was probably like in my three, 
I don't know, three seventies, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. So from four Oh five or whatever, he was like, your only goal, your only goal. I don't care what it is. When you went up, get up tomorrow morning and you come here, your only goal is to get to 369. That's okay. your only goal. Right. And he was like, and after that, he said, once you get to that goal, then get to the 359 and then 340s and then 330s. And he was like, I promise you, if you can just lock in on that small goal, he's like, you're going to reach the, the mountaintop. You'll yep. reach the big goal. And he was like, don't, you know, don't walk before you crawl. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the reason why people fail on their journeys is because they tell themselves, I need to lose a hundred pounds. And mm -hmm. it's like, I got to do it. And then you're setting yourself up. You're working out every day. You're eating small bites. You know, you're trying on clothes, like you're mentally putting all this excess pressure on yourself. And I keep telling everybody, man, just, you know, crawl before you walk. A mm -hmm. house is not built in one day. Rome was not built in one day, just brick by brick. And he told me that, and then that one piece of advice, I'm telling you girls, it just carried me all the way. Oh, like, yeah. Every single day, I just I kept it. thinking to myself, okay. You know what? This is great. So when I got to 369, I felt great. I mean, even those days where I didn't want to work out, I didn't feel I was like, mm -hmm. well, no, I only have another nine pounds to go to get to 359. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. set that expectation that that high pressure to get mm -hmm. to like, you know, that extra 100 plus pounds. So then fast forward to May 2011. So from May 2010 to May 2011, I did lose my first 150 pounds, which Yay! is phenomenal. Yay! Yeah. So I was, yeah. So I was rolling, I was feeling great. And, um, you know, but like, you know, like anything in life, you know, you're, you're going to have adversity, you're going to have setbacks, mm -hmm. you're going to have, have walls that you hit. Yep. So later on, later on that July 11, I was rolling, um, my cousin was getting married in Connecticut, my father's uh, brother's son, uh, his nephew, and my father's health was really, you know, starting to get a, you know, get a grasp of him, get a hold of him at this time. Mm. And, um, and I remember talking to the doctors here in Maryland, I was like, is he okay to travel? Is it going to be okay? And he's like, yeah, he'll be okay. He's like, just kind of monitor him. It's just a quick weekend getaway, you know, mm -hmm. Connecticut, about six, seven hours away. He'll be fine. Just keep an eye on him. So we go to the wedding. Later on that night at the wedding, he ended up getting sick. And then the next day they were going to do the reception that night. And I'll never forget it. We The next day was a reception. Um, he was in the hotel all day. My family was out running errands. I was watching over him. So then that night I was like, hey, look, dad, I was like, you're, you're not really feeling well. I think as a family, we were like, should we go? But my father was a very prideful guy. He's like, no, man, like, and he was the type of guy that's like, you know, just, I felt like, I think he just thought of himself like in that, that, that Superman phase where I don't want my family to see me like mm -hmm. this, like, you know, just kind of weak and be like, you know, I don't need handouts. I don't need help. Mm -hmm. Like, so he was like forcing us like, no, you guys go attend, just go for an hour or two. Cause it's my brother's, you know, son, my nephew, and then come back and then we'll just pack up and go. And I was like, okay, my brother and I were young. We'll drive. It's only like six hours, whatever him and I can talk. Jets, Knicks, football, Nick, Jets, <laughs> yeah. football, Knicks, basketball. We're for New York. I was like, whatever, we can, we can kind of do this thing. But, you know, unfortunately what happened was my father's body that night started giving out completely. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, he ended up actually, you know, dying in my hands in the, in the hotel that night. Oh my, and God. my brother and my mom were there. Yeah. It was a very traumatic experience. We had to call 911. They had to try to resuscitate him, but, you know, he ended up actually pretty much dying, you know, in my hands in our hands that day. And it was just a very traumatic experience. And looking back at it now, I'm like, man, you know, I think the one thing that I think above the, the one thing I think about is at least I, I thank God all the time that he actually at least got to see me do it. You know, yeah. he got mm -hmm. to see the transformation or at least see me try. Right. Mm -hmm. He finally see me take control of my health. Mm -hmm. And then of course, just like anything in life, you know, I always tell people, 
life is going to throw walls at you and it's up to you. Are you either run away from them or you run through them? So then mm-hmm. we did his funeral services back in Maryland. Later on that week, I actually ended up blowing a herniated disc in my back, um, in my spine. So I had sciatica down my leg from my leg to my toes mm. for about eight years. So I actually fluctuated weight for a while there. I actually pretty, I gained about a good 50, 55 pounds from mm. that July 11 all the way up until 2020. So I got married in 2016. My son was born in November 2019. And it was uh, January 2020, early. I'll never forget it. I went downstairs in my work garage to tie my shoe. I stood up. I started screaming in pain, like like I saw somebody get shot. And everyone's running to me like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And a lady was like, hey, are you okay? I was like, I can't even walk. I, I, can, I can barely even stand. I remember calling my boss, and I was like, hey. She was like, is everything okay? I was like, no. I was like, I'm in the garage. I can't walk. I was like. I got to find a way to get home. She's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you got to do. And I remember I literally had to recline my chair all the way back and drive home. And I literally came home. My wife was like, dude, like what the hell? So she was like, you can't even stand. I was like, no, I can't call the doctor. And immediately he was like, dude, clear out my patient calendar, whatever it is, tell them I need to see you right away. Yeah. I saw him. So I had to kind of gut out the weekend. This was a Friday. So the Saturday and Sunday, I was pretty much like bed rested, just kind of just Icy hot, Ben Gay, whatever the hell, just try not to move. Yeah. Monday morning, I saw him and I looked right at him. He saw me hunched over and he's like, man, we got to go in like to take care of it. So, you know, so I had two bulging this now at this point. I was a 50 to 55 pounds. I just, I couldn't, I, I didn't have that explosiveness in me because that injury was really holding yeah, me back. It will. But yeah. finally, finally got that surgery done. And I'm telling you, it was, it was the best decision of my life because finally, when I woke up, I, I felt like everything changed. Like I felt like that, that guy again, that, that, mm-hmm. that started, you know, like mm-hmm. full health, no more sciatica, no more pain, no more struggles, no more, just something holding me back. So then, you know, he told me and my wife, you know, she's a real MVP because, you know, we had our son at that time. So she's managing a newborn baby, but also trying to take care of me. We just had back surgery. So I'm really limited at this point. So, you know, he told me to just keep walking on and keep the blood flow, keep the blood flow. So I was like, okay. And then after six weeks, after my checkup, he was like, dude, just, just let it go. He was like, you're full clear, like, just let it go. And I, mm-hmm. and I haven't looked back since. So wow. every single day I wake up in the morning, 530, I hammer out two hours of cardio and weights and, you know, core, my whole workout, the whole just workout, two, two hours, every single day, every single day. And I just, you know, think of those moments in my life where I'm like, man, like I had so many times where I just wanted to quit, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember telling my wife after surgery, just crying my eyes out. Like, man, I just don't want to do this anymore. But I remember her telling me, she was like, dude, you, you've come so far. You know, she was like, you made a promise to your dad, Mm -hmm. you know, people look up to you. Um, you know, you have, you're a dad now, like, you know, you're, you're, you know, our son, he needs his father. He needs his father at his best. And I think the best thing that she told me was she was like, dude, like you're, cause the thing is I was still so driven and motivated. I was still working out every single day. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have like that explosiveness because my injury was holding me back. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't really go full speed. Like I would work out a day or two, but then I'd be in so much pain. I'd skip a day or two. Yep. So I'll, why the weight was kind of fluctuating. And then like, you know, and then the diet, I just didn't really care. So like I was still motivated and I was still driven, but that injury and it just, you know, chronic pain really takes a toll on you mentally, yes, it does. Physically, mm-hmm. emotionally. So dealing with that for mm-hmm. eight years was just very, very tough. And it was very, very emotionally and physically and, and just everything just draining. And then I just remember my wife telling me the best thing. She's like, you know what, real? She was like, you're never going to be the best version of you 
if you don't take care of this, like if you, if you don't train the way that you want to train the way that you want to be just that, that beast, you know, like, I know that you want to be, she's like, you're not going to be the best version. And mm-hmm. she's like, I need to be you. I need you to be the best version of you from, mm-hmm. for your marriage, for your son, for your friends, for your family, because that's just who you are. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, I mean, I just like shredded all that weight and then some. So currently, you know, I'm down, you know, 180 pounds and I got on men's health magazine twice. Um, NBC crazy. Did how did that happen? How, yeah, did that- how did, how did men's magazine I mean, come around? Yeah. yeah well, Men's magazine, they came around because back in the gym, um, my story got out to them saying that, hey, there was a guy here and Biggest Loser was really hot at that time in 2011, 2012. Okay. So the, the gym contacted them and they were like, hey, we got this guy here. He comes here every single day and, you know, he lost a lot of weight, about 150 pounds. So why don't you come check him out? So they came, check me out, did my story. And then, so I did that. And then the following year, they did like a belly all segment of me. So I was on there twice. And then, um, and then NBC news, yeah. you know, they came, yeah, same thing that happened with them too. So that was part of that. Sorry. So NBC news is the biggest loser story. Men's health got aware of that. And then recently this month on March 4th, um, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram or not, but I just did an interview with Fox five DC. It was world obesity day. And I went on to tell my story of losing wow. 180 pounds and how I'm now an advocate, you know, motivational speaker. And I'm an advocate for mental health, obesity, fitness, and wellness, and mm-hmm. had about a five minute segment right here in Fox five DC. So, and now I'm booking engagements like all over. It's, it's been kind of crazy. Like my story has been getting out and Yay. people are just interested and they really want to know, like, you know, what keeps me so driven and, and so motivated. And I think I just tell everybody, you know, just don't quit, man. Like, I feel like the easiest thing to do is quit. Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody, you know, man, what I've been through in my life, it's like, you know, I know that people use a cliche of going through hell and I feel like everybody goes through hell in Mm -hmm, their life mm -hmm. or they go through some sort of suffering. They go through some sort of pain. Mm -hmm. They go through that struggle. They go through those moments where I just don't want to do it. I want to quit. I want to quit. I want to quit. And I tell people all the time, like, man, like you don't, you don't understand. Like, you know, it's not like, it's not like I just went through hell and then all of a sudden there was nothing but green grass and roses. Mm -hmm. No, I was like, I went through hell and there was literally somebody standing there on the other side. You know what they told me? They're like, turn around and you got to go right through it again, right through that fire again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and then somebody told me the same thing. And again, and again, and again, and I tell people all the time, like my favorite speaker, David Goggins says, you know, like to grow, you must suffer. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, just going through those motions of being fat shamed, being body shamed. I was wearing a size 50 waist. I was a size 22 neck. My blood pressure was 220 over 140. Wow. I had to shop at, big and tall. I was emotionally and very depressed. I was so depressed to the point during that first 27 years that I would be invited to dinners and I would do what I feel like a lot of people would do in my situation at that time. I would just go to like a fast food joint and just eat in the car and eat mm-hmm. a lot. Cause that way, when I would go to the dinner, I wouldn't eat in front of them. If that yep. makes sense. Because yep. The problem yep. was, when I, because I was so big and I was getting that morbidly obese. It was anytime you stick something in your mouth, here comes the jokes. You know yep. what I mean? It could be the smallest thing, but the stigma of here's the fat, loud white guy. And anytime he sticks something in his mouth or anytime there's food in his face, we're going to get him. You yeah. Know? yeah. It was like, you're licking their chops. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like those are the type of moments, man, where I was like, Oh my God, you know, but then I think the fact of just the fact of my father, just trying so hard to get into my head and trying to make me understand the significance, the importance of how much, you know, you need to value your health because without our health, we're nothing. And I tell people all the time, you know, like, 
you know, don't look at everyone else's journeys. Don't look at everyone else's successes. And that doesn't even just include fitness. That includes life. Mm -hmm. So many people ask me, well, I see this girl wearing bikini at the beach, or I see this guy shredded. I'm like, listen, it's you against you. Mm -hmm. I was like, at the end of the day, whatever journeys that they're on, I was like, you don't know their struggles because they're not showing it. You're yeah. just Instagram or Facebook or social media. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Let's just say by any chance that, you know, maybe they don't have any struggles, which is a lot. Everybody has some struggle in your life. But let's just say for arguments sake that they don't, you know what? Don't worry about them. Be yeah. happy for them, proud of them. That's their life. That's their success. That's their path. That's great. And same thing for that, you know, for that, for that group of girls who's doing their thing and going to Tulum and those dudes at the beach with the, with the shredded abs, mm -hmm. that's good for them. That's great. But I'm like, you know what, man, like you have to be able to be, to lock in and focus and make a promise, not only just to anybody else, but to yourself, man. Like, you know what, like you have to be able to put yourself first that first year in 2010 to 2011, I didn't go on vacations. Mm -hmm. I didn't hang out with my friends. My father told me I will support you whenever you need emotionally, you know, you know, financially, whatever it is, like, just do what you got to do. I mean, I tell people like you have to want it more than you you are afraid to lose it. If mm -hmm. that makes sense, like no, you have does. to want it, you have to want it so bad. And like someone like me, and I feel like if you guys can see it through my my voice and my heart and through my face through mm -hmm. the screen, I'm the type of guy I just want it so bad. Like yeah. I want to be that guy that tell everybody, you know what, man, you guys all once upon a time laughed at me, and you guys didn't think I could do it, and I had so many people tell me man, like this guy's never going to do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they made me feel like a loser. They made me feel like that Rocky Balboa, you know, mm -hmm. like, but you know what? Like that Rocky Balboa, the beauty of a Rocky Balboa was he kept getting up. Yeah, yeah. he never quit. He, like took, he kept getting up. And I want everyone to understand, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I swear I'm never going to be that guy that's going to go down. I fell down for 27 years, but when I finally had the courage to get up, I'm not going down anymore. And yeah. I feel like, that's the message that I want to tell everybody is like, you know what, dude, you can, you can, you can do it, man. Like, I promise you, you can. I went from 405 pounds to 225 pounds. I mean, you know, literally just Incredible. having just that action, you know, just having all that inside of me, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, and I still have that fire that burns in me. And every morning when I get up, people ask me all the time, what, what motivates you? Yeah. Right? Why do you, why are you still so fired up and so driven? I'm like, you know what? I'm the type of guy that I might not have anything to prove, but I have everything to prove. Yeah. Yeah. You know well, you can I mean? tell by talking to you that you're like, you're a fighter. Yeah. Like you it's are crazy. a through and through fighter and you're not going to give up and you don't care what people say anymore. Like you're just going to go like gung ho. Mm -hmm. yeah. And right. it's true. If you want it bad enough, you'll make sure it happens. Like mm -hmm. you were talking about how not, not seeing friends or anything for that year. Like, I was actually doing school full time and doing mm -hmm. work full time. Mm -hmm. And people were like, how are you going to college and working full time and being a mom and being a wife at the time? And it's like, it. you just do it when you fucking want to do it. That's right. the deal. You right. make the time because you're important you and you have to right. realize that you're important. Yep. It's a big 100%. deal. Yeah. hundred percent. And I tell people there's 24 hours in a day. I don't want to hear about I'm a dad. I, I have a wife. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got family. I got a job I got to go to. I have a mm -hmm. career that I got to maintain. I mean, but there's 24 hours in a day. I tell people, don't come to me and tell me you don't have at least one hour to dedicate for yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have one hour. I'm not saying you need to do two hours like me. I'm not saying that you need to, you know, uh, hammer a nail six, seven days a week, but just, you know, you have to find a way exactly what you said. You have to find a way to make the time. I'm like, you know, everybody, 
the problem with society is, I think the, the scary part about it is now that I try to tell people is people wake up every day. And I think the ignorance of us as a society is they think that nothing is wrong with us. You know, mm. everything is <laughs> yeah. just okay. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that was my ignorance when I was 27 at 405 pounds. I just mm-hmm. thought, man, I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't feel anything at that time because I was so young still. Right. Mm-hmm. But the problem is what my father tried to explain, what I try to explain to everybody is the fact of not, you know, nothing is wrong with you. Dot, dot, dot yet. Yeah. It's just yeah. a matter of time. As like, if yet. you don't take care of yourself and you don't have that courage to go and grab your health and take care of your life, I'm telling you, it's going to be too late. And then it's going to be to a point where I was a pharmacy tech. My dad was a pharmacist. I was a pharmacy tech in college. I would literally see one lady come in. She was very obese, unfortunately. She would take 15 prescriptions mm-hmm. once a month, every single day. I yep. mean, she would literally 30 day supply and she would come back every month and month, and that's all she would do. She would mm-hmm. just pop pills because she was like in her late forties, maybe early fifties. Mm-hmm. And she had like that defeated mentality that, like, okay, well, this is just my life now. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Become complacent. And I feel like, complacent. right. Very complacent. And I tell people, man, like, you know, no matter what hole, no matter how deep the hole is, you know, no matter how dark the tunnel is, man, you can find a way. Like if you just find a way, like the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, you know, mm-hmm. I think the biggest satisfaction for me going through everything that I've been through, like having my father pass away in my hands, you yeah. know, and like, going through the motions of being bullied, of being body shamed, of being laughed at, of, you know, eating alone in the car at night, not even being able to go to a Macy's or go to yeah. a, you know, a department store and find clothes that, that, that fit me, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, throughout everything, I tell everybody, you know what, I wouldn't change it for the world because everything, all those experiences, everything that I would cry about at night and I would be so sad about at night and I would literally be like, why me, why me? I'm like, you know what? it made me just the straight up monster that I am today yeah. you know, from a physical fitness perspective, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm just so much more mentally tougher. And I tell people, you know, somebody, people ask me like, well, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, do you feel like you want to go back to those bullies and tell them, I told you so I told you mm-hmm. so I told you so. And, you know, as a, as a fighter and as a competitor, yeah. I mean, as a human, especially like, a you know, I'm a New York city boy. Right. I mean, we, we like, we love, you know, we love like talking smack and, mm-hmm. you know, telling everybody I told you so too. But I think, you know, more than anything is, I, you know, I, I want to be able to teach, especially younger generation. Cause I have a lot of younger generation people that follow me. I'm like, you know what, dude, forget them. You know, yeah. I, I'm like, use them, your past, your pain, your hurt, put that inside your heart and use it as fuel to your fire. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to go back. If they see you and believe me, they see me now. Yeah. They know. Oh yeah. They you know. know. What I mean? They yep. know. You know what I mean? I I showed you guys my pictures now. They see yeah. it and they know. And like, and I can promise you a lot of those guys will look at me and be like, man, I would trade places with that guy in a heartbeat. Oh you know yeah. What I mean? Oh in, yeah. In a, in a heartbeat, you know? And I think that's the key to this is the fact of like, you know what? Forget about that. And like, it goes back to what I was saying. Like, you know, I, I might not have anything to prove, but I still have everything left to prove. And mm-hmm. I, and I want people to understand, like, at the end of the day, as long as you're kind and you're a better person on the inside. And, and I was a great person on the inside. Was I perfect? No, nobody's perfect. No. But because I was able to take that pain, take the bullying and still be nice and still be kind and still just take it all. You know, I think that's what made me the person that I am today. It's funny. I'm a really big superhero guy. And <laughs> I don't know if you guys know about the whole like Captain America story. And I use his reference a lot because I just love it because of the fact of he was skinny Steve yep. Rogers from Brooklyn and he, all he wanted to be was a soldier. Yep. And he went through the motions, went through the army drills. And the doctor was like, I got one 
student that I want to pick for my super soldier serum program. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, well, I want this guy. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. But the doctor's like, yeah, but he's a bully. He's like, I don't want a bully. He's like, I want somebody that's kind, that's willing to sacrifice, mm-hmm. that's willing to be true to himself, physicality or not. Mm-hmm. And go figure, Tommy Lee Jones in the first Captain America throws a grenade on the floor. Everybody runs away and who jumps on it? Yep. Captain America. Yep. Right? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, God. And the doctor's like, wow. And then Tommy Lee Jones is like, yeah, he's still skinny though. Yeah. <laughs> and that's but, why but he can be a super soldier. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then lo and behold, <laughs> and then lo and behold, you come full circle. And then, you know, and then Thor's hammer, you can only hold, have the hammer if you're an immortal. And in the end game, what happened? The hammer comes up and Captain America catches it because mm-hmm. why? Because he always had a kind heart. You know, mm-hmm. he was always a genuine person. So I feel like I try to model myself like that. I still want to be as much as I could probably talk a lot of smack to a lot of my haters. And I can go out and be like, yeah, look, where are you guys at now? You know, I just don't want to set that example. I think if you want to be great at something, especially on your health journeys or your physical fitness journeys, still be a kind person, give back. If people are asking you for advice and people need help, give them that help. Because guess what? There's going to be one day in your life where you might need help from somebody. And you know what? Because you turn them away, they're not going to be there for you. Mm -hmm. The guy that I was 13 years ago, I needed a reheal now. I needed a reheal now. 13 mm-hmm. years ago, there was no Instagram. There was no Snapchat. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a social media reach. It was kind of like, okay, the only person I can contact on social media was The Rock or Thor or Captain America. <laughs> but those are like world famous guys. Like they're yeah. not going to reach out to a regular guy. I feel like I want to be able to give, you know, like kind of what Spider-Man says, going to, to, to the superhero reference. Like I want to look out for the little guy because that was me. Yeah. You know, I know, like, and I know the journey and I know the struggle and, you know, I tell people this all the time. So if you're like a mother that's dealing with postpartum that I talk to all the time, I'm like, you know what, man, you're beautiful. I'm like, you're freaking gorgeous. I'm like, who the hell cares if your friends are wearing tighter dresses and you're at the beach and you want to wear, I'm like, so what? I'm like, you're perfect the way that you are. I'm like, but if you want to get healthier and you want to trim down a little bit and you want to work on yourself, yeah, go for it, but do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. You know what I mean? Don't yourself to your friends in the swimsuits and don't say I want to get back to what I was because I want to look good and feel good yeah that's great I, of course we all want to look good and feel good mm-hmm. but you know what just don't do the comparisons like you're perfect the way that you are there's nothing wrong with you and I think the biggest stigma that I had growing up was that there was something wrong with me mm-hmm. yeah because I was there's nothing wrong with me man I was just going through something in my life and that's okay yeah if you're somebody who's overweight and you're struggling and you're depressed and you're sad and you're just kind of like oh my God, like, you know, what's going on here? And then you have these people coming here and they're running their mouths talking about, oh my God, like, look at this girl, look at this guy. And they're judging you and they're, you know, they're insulting you and they're laughing at you and they make you feel like, you know, like, like a loser, you know, like Mm -hmm. I felt, and that's how that made me feel like I was a freaking loser, man. Like I'm not, I wasn't a loser. I was just somebody going through something in life, Yeah, you know, and it's okay. So I feel like that's the type of influence that I want to have on everyone out there, you know? And I think, that's the message that I really want to share with everybody out there is like, you know, no matter what, you know, you have your journey and it's okay. Like it's a marathon. It's not a race. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, don't compare yourself to others when you reach your goals, when, when your, when your time comes, when you feel like you're confident, it'll come, you know, but don't race for it. Don't rush for it. Don't push for it. And more, most importantly, stop comparing yourself to everybody else's journeys because everybody has their own journeys, man. Everyone's going to go through whatever they go through. And it's just you against you, just the person in the mirror. And I want everyone out there to know, man, you're perfect the way that you are. 
There's nothing wrong with you. I don't give a damn what your waist size is. I don't care what size clothes you're wearing. If you're wearing a size 16 dress or you're wearing a size 22 neck, you're perfect and you're fine. The only difference is you just got to work on yourself a little bit and you have to be accountable and, and understand to yourself that, look, I got to I got to get better. So mm -hmm. I got to, you know, I got to work on myself physically, work on myself mentally, spiritually, and it'll all fall to place. But just one at one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. And then just keep stacking those bricks. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, man, the results will come. You know what I mean? And they always do. I was going to touch base with the comparison thing mm -hmm. because it is huge in our community yeah. of trying to compare each other's journeys, especially like if we're around the same like size or mm -hmm. time frames. Yeah. And also with all the haters that we hear as well, like, like you have your, you've experienced that too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you yep couple things here is one there's always going to be haters mm -hmm. let them just watch yep. you succeed which makes them more mad so it's yep. i get mm -hmm. i don't know what it is i it fuels me like fuels me fuels yep. your fire it does when i'm like because it's like an unspoken thing like uh -huh. like with the bullies yes. like you'll see them they yep. see you and it's more right. of like a ha ha and then right. we keep moving and it feels good but the comparison right. thing for me it's like you can't you're right you can't compare because one you don't know what they're going through mm -hmm. two half the time when you're comparing yourself to someone you're comparing them at a different time of the journey yeah so like right. i'm at day one but i'm trying to compare myself to someone that's like on like two years out it just doesn't make yeah. sense yeah. and right. you're he's seeing the end result and you're not seeing the grind and the struggles and what they've gone through every day to get to that yeah. x point yeah and i think that's really pivotal like you have to really just fight yourself and then just don't be hard on yourself every day about it yeah no just do what yeah. you have to do and move on to the next day because mm -hmm. that's yeah. all you can do is just take it like day said, by day by day yeah it's very 100%, important 100 yeah. no and, and i think you hit it on the head too you know like don't be so hard on yourself and also you know what it, you know celebrate yourself a little bit too mm -hmm. i think i was so hard on myself early on but you know when i hit my first 100 pounds i was like you know what i'm gonna go celebrate so i went out and i just did some shopping because i lost 100 pounds yeah, so yeah. Like, okay, there you go like i'm not a size 50 waist anymore i'm a size like 40 waist now so i was yeah. like you know, I bought some new clothes and yeah, you know, I felt good about myself. So I tell people that all the time, it's okay. You know, don't let others, because that, like you said, you know, to your guys' point, I think the, the, the downside of when you have success in your life is you're going to have more people that are going to want to tear it down than mm -hmm. celebrate your success, yeah. you know? And I think, and I think that's why, and like you said, you know, like the haters, for example, like they, you know, there's so many people out there, believe it or not, you know, that's why I really believe in quality over quantity. Like I'm really blessed with a great circle of friends that I have, but to be honest with you over time, I really took my big circle and I really mm -hmm. condensed it because mm -hmm. I told my wife, I was like, dude, you know what, man, this person really ain't a friend mm -hmm. or this, this, even, even if you're a family member, I yep. mean, like, you know, I have relatives I've too, that I had to kind of chop out too, because mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, you know what, man? Like, I was like, you're just not, you're just not a good person. I was like, I'm a father now. My son's three years old, man. I don't want my son being around people that I don't want to be around mm -hmm. that I think is a bad influence for me in my family and him growing up. And, yep. you know, and, and I think that, and I think that's the, the, the biggest message you, that, that we were talking about is like, you know what, don't let other people break you down. And I, and until this day, I'll be honest with you for as much love and as much support as I get, you know, I, I'll still get some jabs here yeah. and there about, Oh, well, you know what, like, whatever, what happened? Did something happen? Did he get sick or did he do something mm -hmm. or you know, is he taking some pills, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever like that. It's like, mm -hmm. no, I just got up and I went to war with myself every single day. And yeah. you know what? I don't have to prove myself to you or anybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, 
you know, and I think I think that's that's the that's the biggest focus right there is like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't let others dictate your journey. You can't let other dic- others dictate your failures and, mm-hmm. and your successes. You know, I'm like, it's always it's always you against you. And, and I tell people, man, like, it's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life was this journey. And the funny thing is, now that I am a motivational speaker, now that I am getting you know, obviously I've been blessed to book events and, and get on cameras and get on stages and talk to people and let them know. I'm like, if anything, I have to hold myself even more accountable yes. because, you know, because of where I am now, right? I yeah. can't just be like, I want to go to Pizza Hut and get two large deep dishes when I'm done this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could, you know, I could, and I'd try to burn it off, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like the, I just, you know, you got to work that much harder. Like, you know, the, the more walls you break, the, the, the stiffer those walls get. So I just tell everybody, you know, just try to be like locked in. And I think if you can really find a way to lock in and focus, and I think peer pressure is a big one too. Mm -hmm. I think when you're a lot around a lot of friends and there are some friends that want to go out for dinners, they want to go out for drinks, like those calories, they add up. And if you're somebody out there and you're like, you know what, dude, like not tonight because I made so much progress. It's okay. Yeah. Like that doesn't make you less of a friend. First of all, they're not your real friends if they're going to get on you for not having dinner and drinks with them. Yeah. You know, if you're on a journey and you're on a path and you're on a mission, like the way I was when I started out, I had to tell my boys, I'm like, look, man, I can't come out to dinner tonight. And they're like, oh, but dude, you're, you know, you just been AOL, you're this, you're that. I'm like, yeah, because I'm on a mission. You yeah. Know what I mean, like I just literally just see, I have a tunnel and I just see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's all that I see. I don't see anything else, you know, because- wow. That's the focus that I have. And I tell people that like, you know, everybody's different, you know, every, and the thing is that like, you know, to each their own, right. If you're somebody that feels like you can still have fun on the side and hit your goals, that's great. I mean, more power to you. That's great. Yeah. But if you're somebody who feels like, man, you know what, I'm just on a mission right now and I'm so determined and I'm so obsessed and I'm so driven to the point where I'm going to get these goals. You know what? Don't let anybody stop you. Yeah. I don't care if you're a friend or a family member or you're anybody out there, like, you know, whatever it takes, you know, I feel like that's what it does. You have to have that, that mindset, that mentality. And I think, you know, I really, really appreciate the fact of having that support system. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, and I think another thing is too, if there's one piece of advice, I'd probably give my old self or people today who are on their journeys, you know, just don't be afraid and don't bottle up your emotions, like ask for help. You know, Mm -hmm. I think with the problem with us is today, we're so afraid as a society of what people might think mm-hmm. of us, oh, right? It's a thousand like, percent. Yeah. It's all right, over the know? place. Yeah. yeah. All over the place. Right. If you're somebody who's, you know, I will, uh, of course, is, is this example for, you know, if you're somebody who's obese and you're like, I need to lose weight, ask for help, man, mm-hmm. go to a gym, call a trainer. If you have a friend who's a workout person, ask them for advice, you know, like, and, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's, it's it, you know, it's, it might be hard. And there might be people out there who will be like, oh, my God, like you're asking for help. Like, why? Or they might judge you or they might criticize you or they might say something. Dude, this journey is not perfect. You no, know? no, nobody's journey is your girl's journey is not perfect. Mine's nope. not perfect. No, perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing that we can't ever, ever, ever let dominate us is fear. Yeah. The yes. second that fear dominate you man you're never gonna win well and i think people need to realize that like it's okay to feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. if that makes sense because a weight loss journey is very uncomfortable you have to ask questions to people that you would have never asked for you have to do things you've never done before Mm -hmm. and you have to be 
comfortable being uncomfortable all the fucking time. Yep. And well, as on. long as you have that focus and that light at the end of the tunnel, it'll be fine. It's where yep. the fear comes in and other everybody else's like opinions. You can't yeah. let them matter. They don't matter. And I used to be so scared to tell people no about going out and doing things. I thought right. just I literally was the person thinking they're not going to be my friend anymore. Like exactly. I have to go. And then right. I started saying no. And there was a few, I'm not going to lie. There was a few that yeah. were upset, but then the other ones weren't. And so, right. you know, who's still around me, the ones that weren't upset uh, when I would say, Hey, I can't, I'm not going to go do that. I would never say can't because right. you can do anything. And so, so I would say like, I don't want to, or that doesn't fit my like daily thing today. Mm-hmm. And I've learned it's okay to like, you can just hang out at home. You don't yeah. have to give people's reasons anymore. Like after COVID, just fucking say, I'm going to stay home today. Yep. Like I don't, I don't have to give you a thousand reasons why I don't want to. It's really oh, none of your business. I'm just going to be no, polite 100%. and say no yep. and keep yeah. moving because yep. it's okay to take a day for yourself. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to work out every day if you want to, mm-hmm. or if you want to do three days mm-hmm. a week, I think as long as you're taking care of yourself, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, it's you. Yeah, it's you before, you know, anybody else in your journey, man. I mean, you have to be able to learn how to put yourself first. And it's funny, the guy that I was thirteen years ago, it, you know, the guy that I am now, just to be able to talk about those those pains that I've been through, right? Like yeah. eating fast food with more secretly, wearing a size fifty waist, having a size twenty two neck, being told I'm too fat to eat dinner at, at nine years old, and yeah. you know, the aunt literally taking the plate for me. I remember going to a family wedding. I was 13 years old, Houston, Texas, July in the summertime. Um, and I'll never forget this. It was really hot. And one of my cousins was like, hey, let's go out for ice cream, all of us. Because, you know, we're all the family was together. Yeah. I remember I'd jump up for joy, going crazy. And one of my cousins who was very ignorant. He was like, oh, ice cream is against your religion. You're too fat. You can't go out for ice cream. What the so you fuck? Gotta, you got to stay in. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you really went through the ringer with this. And then I remember, remember I was 16 or 17 going to a pizza hut. I put this on my Instagram story. There were about three pizzas that came out. I was with six friends, one friend in particular. The waitress came and bought three large pizzas out. She was like, is there anything you need? He was like, yeah, actually, I I need something. She's like, yeah. He was like, oh, these three pizzas, they're for this guy. He was like, but can you take the rest of our order now? Because he's going to eat all these pizzas himself. Whoa. And then he, he looked right at me and he was like, bro, I just have to ask you, like, why are you so fat? You okay. Know? And I'm like, I write. And I'm like, wow, really? I'm like, so you're supposed to be my friend, but this is how you're going to mm-hmm. act. And the one thing I learned over time is, you know what, dude, if you're somebody that has the balls to call somebody fat or you're somebody who has the balls to make fun of somebody's physical appearance or mm-hmm. how much money they make or what car they drive or what clothes they wear, you're just an insecure asshole. Yep. You know, I mean, you, you are somebody who's so insecure and you know what, dude, you're hiding your own, whatever the hell is messed up inside of you. Mm-hmm. And you know what, because you're so insecure, you have to go make fun of somebody else's insecurities. Yeah. And you know, and it's kind of like, wow, like really? Like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to have a good time. And and, and the, the, this is what's going on here. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like the, the shift mm-hmm. started to change when I was like the, you know, the fat, loud, friendly guy versus like, oh my God, like now here come the hammers. Like here come the jokes now. Like what's going on here? Yeah. Because it was just easy, right? Because at some point you're hanging out in a room with a bunch of people and 
you look for topics to talk about, but guess what? There's a fat white guy. Let's just go make fun of him. He here's the target. I'm just an easy target. It's easy. Point, you know? Yeah. It's easy, right? It's very easy, especially when there's food. If there's food in the room and you put a fat white guy, loud guy in a room like me, forget about it. It was over. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was just kind of like, I think those stories, those moments in my life, it's just, I just never forget them. Like all those stories that ever happened to me. I'm just kind of like, man, like that's what just puts that fuel in my fire of like, dude, you know what, man? Like, you know what? I, I was overweight and I was fat and I didn't have an answer for you then, but I have an answer for you now. You know what? I was fat and I was overweight, but I was just going through something in my life. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? At the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect you or anybody else. That's my personal issue. That's my problem. That's my hole that I'm stuck in. I got to find a way to dig out of it. But who are you to judge me and pick on me and make fun of me about that? Exactly. Right? You know I mean? Yeah. You've you fought know, like, like hell to get where you're at now. So. Right. Right. Yep. Right, right. So I tell everybody, you know, just, you know, one day at a time, man, you know, one day at a time. And, and if I can do it, I know anybody out there can do mm-hmm. it for sure. You know, it just, it just takes a lot of, you know, heart over hate and, you know, just have that discipline and have that strength and, and just block it all out, you know, close your eyes and just picture you. And just there's a tunnel and then you just see a big light, shining light. And yeah. you just got to find a way to get to that light. And I promise you, you'll get there. You know, and that's for anyone out there, man, whatever. And the thing is that like, and I'm tired of all the stigmas too. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Whether you're somebody who like gets a gastric surgery or you're somebody mm-hmm. who uses like fentramine prescription, or mm-hmm. you're somebody who, you know, um, you know, has like skin removal surgery, mm-hmm. or you're somebody for women too, who get a lot of this, right. Women yeah. who get Botox or, they get a nose job or they get something, dude, who cares? I mean, if that's what they want to do, if that's yeah. what helps them in their fitness goals, their health goals, their personal goals, good. Yeah. That, that's, that's the goal. That That's what helps them out. Why does yeah. that affect you? It has nothing to do with you. You're not paying for their procedures. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you know, that's not stressing you out. You don't live with them. You're not taking care of their kids, their spouses, their lives. So, you know, I'm just a really big advocate of, you know, just rising above it all, like mm-hmm. the peer pressure, the hate, the shit talking, the, but you know, just everything, you know, people trying to hold you down. You know, I feel like going back to the Rocky segment, you know what, man, no matter how many times you get knocked down, you can find a way to get up. I'm the type of guy that I finally was able to get up and I'm not going down anymore. And I know if I can be this way, I know everybody out there can be this way too. That's awesome. That's a great way to End, end it, it. Yeah. yeah i love it thank oh my you goodness, so man. much for sharing your story and your struggles and i i hope that this really helps everybody but especially guys um that there is yeah i do have hope. one question before we let you go for the men because yeah. we have we wish we had more men in the community mm-hmm. um for we sure. know it's scarce and we know that it's hard for you guys do you have any words of wisdom for the men in the community um for going through a weight loss journey yeah, I do. Uh, the, I think the biggest piece of advice is be yourself. And I'll be more specific. If you're a guy that likes wearing tight shirts, but guess what? Maybe your stomach is not the best or your chest isn't the best. Who cares? Wear it anyway. Be, mm. be comfortable. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks because at the end of the day, you are who you are and don't change for anyone. The problem was I actually liked wearing tighter clothes when I was younger, but obviously my stomach got bigger, my chest got bigger. And then here come the jokes, right? Hey, right. bro, you do need a bra. Or hey, bro, you need to wear bigger pants. Mm-hmm. Or hey, bro, that looks nasty. So I was taking all of the noise and I was feeding into it. If you're a dude out there and you want to wear tighter clothes and you have other dudes making fun of you, dude, screw them. And you know what? If they're your boys, 
don't make them your boys anymore. Keep your circle tight. So for those, I think the two best pieces of advice to answer your question, Mm -hmm. be yourself, you know, wear what you want, act the way that you want. Don't change for anybody. And the second thing is your circle. You know, if you're around people who you think are your friends, but they're bad influences on you, I don't give a shit how long you've known them. If they're bad influences on you, they're not your friends. Mm-hmm. If somebody can look you in the eye at a pizza hut and tell you that these three pizzas are for you and why are you so fat? They're not your friend. No, that is not a friend. No. And I know there are dudes out there because a lot of us have bros that we like to call our circle and stuff like that too. And if you have a bro that out there that all he does is pick on your weight and your insecurities mm-hmm. and he tells you to wear a looser shirt or looser pants, get rid of them. Yeah. And don't even think twice about it because you know what? You're only going to succeed in life by having a clearer head and also making sure that you have a great support system. And I made sure that, like I said, I literally had a big support system early and then I started to trim away. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because now I know if I'm talking to you, you're somebody that's a great support system. You're a great person and you're not somebody that's going to break me down and you're not somebody who's going to judge me or make fun of me and criticize me. I'm the type of guy And I'll be dead honest with you guys, because I'm the most transparent person you'll probably ever meet. I would be the same guy at 27 that would make fun of those guys, those muscle guys with like cut off sleeves and tight jeans and V-neck shirts and buttoned up shirts to their to their chest. And then 13 years later, who's the guy that's doing it now? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Who's the guy that's doing it now? You know what I mean? And my wife was like, man, like look at you, you know, like look at the way you dress and look at your bounce. And I was like, you know, but I earned it. And she was like, you did. You earned it. And And I. I apologize, but you know what, man? Fuck it. I mean, dude, it's all good. You live and you learn. No yeah. one's perfect. Like we talked about, right? Yeah. It's okay. I, I think you're more, and to the men, because you asked specifically for the men, be a man. Admit when you're wrong. I was wrong to judge those guys back then because I was just jealous of them. It's mm-hmm. just that simple. I yeah. was overweight. I was out of shape. I didn't look like them. I didn't dress like them. They were getting all the girls, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't. I wasn't getting any girls because- let's just face it. They, they took care of themselves. They put in the work and I didn't, and I was judging them and I was criticizing them. And um, I was being a hypocrite. And I told my wife this too. I was like, man, you know, she was like, no, you weren't a hypocrite. You were just young and you're admitting it that you were wrong. And it takes more of a man to admit that you were wrong versus a guy that was like, Oh, okay. No, I mean, I didn't mean it like that. Or you're, you're backtracking, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, well, I didn't mean it like that. No, man, F it. I own it. hundred percent own it. If you're a dude, own it. If you're making fun of somebody, own it. If you're judging somebody, own it. But at the end of the day, if you're on your journey, that's the best advice I can give you. Just definitely keep a great circle. That'll help you on your journey, not hurt you. It doesn't peer pressure you to go out for drinks, dinner, whatever, or make fun of you for your weight and anything else. And then second thing, don't change for anybody. You want to wear, wear whatever clothes that makes you feel comfortable. Say what you want to say. Be you. Do not change for anybody. If you follow those two things, I promise you, you'll have success in your journey, no matter what. I would agree. Awesome. Because, like, that's kind of how. Yeah. Because we've slowly, have slowly, like, made our, our group. Yeah. It is smaller, it is smaller. but it's more supportive. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. quality of fucking people. And I've yep. had to cut out family members, mm-hmm. spouses, yes. you know, yep. they, they're toxic fucking people. Yep. And right. once they're out of your headspace and out of your like everyday thing, all of a sudden right. you have all this like freed up space, head, space in your brain mm-hmm. to do things yes. and you're it's more a, positive and you're more focused and shit gets done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, like a, they're like an infection, right? It's like when you get an infection, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like you, you're like you're sick and it's like, how do I get rid of this infection? You know, yeah. what, what, an, what antibiotics do I need? Well, those are your antibiotics, right? Exercise, cut out your circle, 
you know, um, you know, find a support system that will, will lift you up, you know, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid. Like I said, I have cousins, man, like relatives, like blood relatives that I had to drop. I had close friends that I thought were my friends. They weren't my friends because again, of all the bull- bullying that they put me through, mm-hmm. I had to drop them too. No explanation. I'm like, man, screw you guys. Yeah. You know? So I think that's, you know, that, that to, to your point, just don't let fear overcome it. You're going to have a lot of fear. You're going to have a lot of questions. You're going to have a lot of people doubting you. Mm-hmm. Let it all go, man. Just stick to the script. Do what, you know, do what we were talking about right now. And, and, and I'm telling you the hardest step to wrap up is the first step. You take mm-hmm. that first step towards your journey. Everything will be easier. I'm, again, it's going to be really, really mm-hmm. hard, but the hardest step, that's why the key to that. That's why I love that phrase because the hardest step is the first step. So mm-hmm. when you take that first step, everything else, you know, will, will, will be a lot better. And the fact that I'm 180 pounds now mm-hmm. in the best shape of my life, went from a 22 neck to a 17, went from a 50 waist to a 34 waist. My blood pressure is like 110 over like 70. I just got all my blood work done last month. Nice. Everything was like all green check marks. The doctor, you know, the one thing that I love what she said, she was like, man, we She's like, I got to tell you, man, like, you know, you're, you're, you're special, man. Like you're different. And I actually gave her a hug and I started crying and I teared up and I was like, I'm glad you told me that because 13 years ago, I was told I was going to be dead. Mm-hmm. And then 13 years later, you're telling me I'm different and I'm special mm-hmm. and I'm in the best shape of my life. And yes. I just hope that I made my dad proud. And oh, I'm you did. Proud. I think you did. Uh, you no, did. No, for yeah, sure. I appreciate it. No, thank you guys. It means a lot. You know, it means a lot, but thank you guys so much for everything. And uh, I hope my story can, help everybody out there in the our sleeve life family and yeah. uh, definitely man like that award show i'm interested man it's in my backyard in dc it so yeah you know, i mean and yeah. you're speaking our language with yeah. the just be you part like yeah. that's literally the yeah. name of the award show yes. because we that's wait. what we encourage every fucking day yep because we're tired of all the people bullying us calling us names being haters mm-hmm. and it's like hey man i'm just trying to be me the best me right. i can yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on once again. And thank to you. everybody out there, we love you and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. I messed that up. <laughs> like, what the hell? Hey, listeners, if you enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform you get your podcasts. And don't forget to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP for all your support needs. That's right. And we even have our own website. So go over to ArsleyLivePodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, get that free ebook, and then don't forget to get your merch. And also we're on YouTube guys. So type in our name, hit that bell and hit subscribe. And you're going to see our lovely faces every single Tuesday. So thank you for listening to Arsley Live Podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time.